a shaky voice. This thing keeps getting heavier and heavier. Are you glad you're here? Are you awake? Are you ready? Okay. So we are on our third week of our Connection series. This is the last one. And then we're starting a new book next week. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, But two weeks ago, we talked about being connected to Jesus, being connected to God. Uh, That's where it all starts. All of this that's going on in our church and our faith is all because of Jesus and all because of our faith in him. Out of that, we have the church. Uh, We have those who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior coming together uh, to worship, to disciple each other, to encourage each other, uh, to be the church, uh, the bride of Christ. And from there now, we are looking at, well, what does the church do besides have great time of discipleship and sharing our faith with each other and encouraging one another? Jesus has called us to go out into the world. And so this today is the connection to the community. And the greatest commandment doesn't say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love other Christians, right? It doesn't say, love the Lord your God and those who are easy to love. I wish it did because that would be a lot easier. What does it say? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And who is our neighbor? And it's our literal neighbor right next door to where we live. Uh, It's those who we come in contact with at work and at home. Wherever we are, we are called to be a light uh, to those who don't know Jesus, uh, to this dark world. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 14 through 16. And... As I get there, I wasn't even ready. We are going to take a look at what it means to impact our community. And I've shared this with you before, that I am at Chick-fil-A a few hours a week, and I am all the employee, their management, their life coach, chaplain, counselor, you know, whatever they need, someone for them to talk to. Uh, I was doing it before I became senior pastor, and I sat there and debated, man, is, it, you know, is this job going to be a lot of work? Should I not be, be doing this with Chick-fil-A? And I sat there thinking, you know what? I really need to. I need, I need to be in the community, and I need to have connections with people who aren't part of our church family, because this is the good part, and it's, it's, it's a great place to be. But there are people I need to be able to share my life and my faith with people outside the walls of this church. Uh, And my kids aren't in sports. I don't have except going to the store once in a while. This kind of connection to the community. So I've decided to keep that piece of what I do. And so I talk to people of different faiths, those who don't know Jesus, those who have rejected Jesus in the church. And it's given me an opportunity to be a light and to be a witness and when the opportunity arises for Christ in my life, but in the community. And so I think we as a church need to be always about that, uh, that Jesus first, keep our eyes focused on Jesus, grow in our faith, and to be discipled and work through our faith together, encouraging one another in the church family, but then go out into the community. Uh, and to share that love of Jesus with everyone. So read with me Matthew 5. This is verses 14 through 16. 
says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to the whole, to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So light is important, right? I, I hate to admit this. My boys are older now, um, but it, it still creeps me out a little bit walking through the house with all the lights off when it's dark. And I even know where things are, but I still tend to bump into things. Uh, light, light's an important part of our life. Uh, we need light to be able to see where we're going. I went and uh, started riding a little bit more aggressive. Uh, my bicycle, and I went to Rosaryville State Park yesterday, which is a, over a nine-mile loop through the woods. It's, a, it's called a single track, so you really, you can't even have two bikes pass each other or, or come at each other. One has to get off the path. It's that skinny of a path. Do you know that they ride that thing at night? They put on a program or one of the, the bike shops in the area once a year, now, you have headlights. You don't have to ride in the pitch, the pitch dark. But it's, it's scary enough sometimes, even on a sunny day, there, with all the overgrowth of the trees, uh, the covering, it can get pretty dark in there. But to be at night, if you don't have a light, you're going to be lost, for one, and definitely run into things. So we need light. We need light in times when the lights are off. Uh, and we're going to take a look at what it means in our faith in this world to have a light. And God provided a light for us. He provided this physical light for our physical life and then light for our spiritual life. And that physical light or the, the, the light for our physical life is the sun. The sun, the stars, you have the moon that reflects the sun. Do you realize that without the sun, we would not be able to live on this earth? Uh, thanks to photosynthesis. If you remember all your science time, photosynthesis is when green plants take the sunlight and use it to convert water and carbon dioxide and minerals into oxygen. And we kind of need oxygen to live. So even the, the light that God has provided for our physical life is needed for our life to live. And the most important is that God has provided a light for our spiritual life. Uh, without God, we, we truly are wandering around in our sin. Uh, we're lost in this world. We don't know what direction to go. Uh, we are hopeless. And without God to give us light and to provide the right direction. And that light is Jesus. Turn with me to John 1, verses 1 through 5. And here's an important picture of Christ. And what it, it means to, in our spiritual darkness, in the sin that just can overtake our life and be, block out any kind of light, uh, we need Christ. We need a Savior. We need the Messiah. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and let me read that to you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And here we are with verse 4 and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, we're going to hit this next week, because we're going to start with the book of John starting next week. Um, and so I, my, this is a great, it's like the Holy Spirit put all this together. Uh, love how he does that. But here is, here is Jesus. Here is that, that darkness is sin, Jesus is light and life, and we can't have life, we can't have our spiritual life without Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And people without Christ today still live in darkness. There is sin that they are living in that they don't know the light. They don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. And Jesus says this about himself in John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we have Jesus. We have in our spiritual life something that gets us out of the darkness and into this life, this light, who is Jesus. So back to Matthew 5, verse 14. Because Jesus is the light, he gives us life. He is in us. This is what he said. You are the light of the world. So not only do we have the light of Jesus, and we have the salvation, our Messiah, our Savior, we have Christ in us, and because of that, we are the light to the world. And on the Sermon on the Mount, which is this passage in Matthew 5, here's Jesus talking to his disciples. Uh, a collection of simple fishermen and tax collectors, just average, ordinary men, who Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So he's given us an amazing opportunity and responsibility to live out our life and be a light to those in the darkness. And what a great privilege that is, that we get to share the love of Christ who is in us with those and to live that out. And the church and we as believers should not only show love for one another, we talked about that last week, um, but it is to show love to all mankind, to everyone, wherever we are. And not just here in Waldorf, wherever our travels take us and, and around the world. Uh, there are lost people everywhere who need the love of Jesus and need to know who Jesus is and who will take away their sins and give them eternal life and will be their Lord and their Savior. Uh, and so to be a part of, of, our, of our missions, that's why we give to, to our cooperative program for our missionaries. That's why we go and serve in other countries and other counties and other states. It's not just here, but we have a responsibility and a privilege and honor to share the love of Jesus everywhere that we go in, where, where we go. If we truly believe that Jesus is the light of the world, if we believe that Jesus is the answer to the chaos and the hurt and misery, misery of this world, then we need to carry that light to those in this, in this world and wherever we are. Our very presence brings hope and a chance for others to see goodness and notice love, a love that can only be, be given to by Jesus. And I pray that we are that as a church, that it's obvious that our church, First Baptist Church of Waldorf, loves Jesus and loves the community. And then we have this description of a city on a hill and a lamp. And both illustrations 
for people back in that day, was they understood that. A city on a hill, uh, the homes back then were, were white, were, were light um, with the material that they used to where anywhere that you could go, if a city's on a hill, you saw that there were, there were homes, uh, there was a city there uh, with the, the reflection of the, the light, the white homes that were there. And to understand that they, you can't hide a city like that. Now, you can put shrubs around, I guess, or they could have done a camouflage paint job, whatever. But, but the intent was, here's a city uh, for you to come during your travels, whatever that would look like, that a city on a hill can't be hidden. Um, it would be very difficult, and there wouldn't be any reason to do that. And nowadays, with lights, it's amazing to see uh, shots of the United States at night, uh, different areas where you can tell where people live, the large cities. Uh, Vegas has an insane amount of lights. It would be difficult to hide those lights in the darkness. I don't know what kind of covering you would put on, but a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then a lamp. Imagine back in biblical times, they didn't have electricity. So it, when it's pitch black, a single light, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that out camping somewhere where it was pitch black, you're in a tunnel, a cave, you can't even see your hand, but if you were to light one candle, it would, it would illuminate significantly, more than if I was to light a candle here in this, in this room that's bright. So if that's your only light, and light is important, why would you put a basket over it? Why would you cover that? And knowing that the point that Jesus is making is that we need light, and if Christ is light, then we don't need to hide Jesus in our life. Uh, we don't need to be a church who uses these walls and the ceiling as a basket to cover the light of Jesus. Uh, we need to, to be a light in our community, to be a light everywhere that we go because of Christ in us, because of our connection with Christ as Lord and Savior, connection with each other, and then reaching out to the community. And as disciples of Christ, we are to reflect the light of Jesus in all, for all to see. And everything that we do, we just went through the whole book of James, and it was very much about being doers of the word, that your faith needs to be seen. There needs to be fruit of your salvation, fruit of your relationship with Jesus, fruit in your, from your faith, that comes out, uh, that people can see. And then it says, in the same way, let your light shine before men. And why is this important? Because of Jesus. Uh, because of Christ is at work in us, we have a message. We have a light to show. Turn with me to 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. And this is who we are. This is what Christ has done in us. Uh, for us, this is what our life looks like because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. First Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race. Okay, we're gods. We're chosen by him. A royal priesthood because of Jesus. He is king and we belong to his royal house. We are a royal priesthood. We are called to have this faith to live out. Uh, and to proclaim. 
It says a holy nation, again because of Jesus, we are made right and pure, a people for his own possession, another picture that we are his, Uh, we are chosen by him, that you may proclaim, advertise, show, publish abroad, imagine being a living billboard, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him. Now that's the great thing. It's not about our life. I don't feel like I'm that great of a Christian. My faith isn't that strong. I don't have a great witness. Well, it's not about us. It's about Jesus and his excellencies, not our work or what we've done, but what he has done, his glory, his mercy, his love, his grace, who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, out of sin and into grace, out of blindness and into sight, out of bondage and into freedom, out of death and into life. Here is the message that we have to proclaim, that we are Christ, and in our faith and in our relationship with him, we get to proclaim his excellencies and to to let the world know how much we love Jesus, and more important, how much Jesus loves us, and Jesus loves those that we are talking to and I want people in the, our community of Waldorf to know that we are here to love God so much that we can't help pro- to, but to proclaim that love, uh, that, that it should be obvious who we are as a church and who Christ Jesus is to us. It doesn't mean that I'm asking you to go out and put signs on your car and get your car wrapped or walk around with a big gold cross chain or walk around with your Bible all the time. It's in our lives. It's in how we live out our faith. It's how we treat others, how we speak to others, how we interact with others, sharing the love of Jesus, even by our attitude and our, the way that we love others. And then it goes on to say that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I love that I get to, to be on the front row to see how God uses our church family uh, with Vacation Bible School that we just did, Upward, Night to Shine, the Food Baskets, the Easter Party, all of our Women on Mission projects, Trunk or Treat, Genesis Nursing Home, the relationship we have with the schools now. Like We can continue to talk about all that God has allowed us to do outside the walls of this church and to, to be a light to the community. And I know it's not easy, it's not easy to share your faith. Some of you are probably horrified, like, oh, I'm not going to go leave and witness to the next person I see. And I understand that. It's terrifying. I pray that God gives us the opportunity, but there are a lot of other things that we can continue to do to be the light and to live our life out. So how do we do that? We share our life. Just like James said, be doers of the word. There should be fruit of the Spirit because of our faith in Jesus that comes out. Uh, being the most Christ-like employee or boss, being the most Christ-like neighbor, being the most Christ-like coworker, and then praying for an opportunity to talk. In, in everything that we do, if we are focused on Christ and being more like him, the message is going to come out. Share with an invitation. Everyone likes to be invited to something. And I'm so glad that we're kind of getting out of this COVID business to where we do, we continue to do amazing things with our church through musicals, through different events, 
uh, that it's simply an invitation. Sometimes we make out the cards to give for you to give to someone, um, to hand out. Just simply invite them uh, and have them come and hear about Jesus. And then share with your story. Imagine being Zacchaeus or the woman at the well or the blind man after that experience with Jesus. They had a lot to talk about the rest of their life, didn't they? We also have experienced Christ, and we have experienced the forgiveness of our sins. Our lives have been changed because of him. There's something to talk about. And think of what life was like before God. What was, what was your life like before your relationship with God, with Jesus, when you asked Jesus as your Savior? What was life like before that? What steps did you take? How did you encounter Jesus? Uh, was it at church? Was it at home? Was it through a friend? Uh, how did you make that connection to Jesus, your connection to God? And then think about what God is doing now. What is God doing in your faith? Part of your faith growth process is God molding you and making you. What has he done recently in your life because of your faith? Which, by the way, if you answered all three of those questions, you've just done your testimony. That's what, that's what God wants to use in your life. Uh, it's what Jesus is doing. And by the way, you don't have to know all the answers of the Bible to share Jesus. I came across an article this week from Sam Rayner, and it's called A Few Surprising Perspective About Your Unchurched Neighbors. And it had a list of different, different things that are important in witnessing and sharing Christ with your neighbor. But here is the last one. It said, one of the more surprising elements of our research involved uh, who the unchurched wanted to talk about spiritual matters with. In fact, most of the unchurched would rather speak with a layperson than a pastor about spiritual matters. The excuse that we lack theological training is simply not enough to pawn up our relationship to share your faith. The unchurched want to hear about your honest spiritual struggles and victories. And we get caught up in, well, I don't have the Romans road memorized. I can't remember what that verse really said. And those are important pieces to our testimony, but it really is our testimony. It is what Christ has done in our life. And we all, we have a, a specific witness to that because our faith growth process is different than anyone else's. And so our life is a testimony, and we have an opportunity to share. <clears throat> so let's pray for our lost ones. Let's pray for our friends and family. Pray for opportunities to invite them to church, uh, to share the love of Jesus directly with them, uh, for the Holy Spirit to move. And I pray that we continue to show genuine love to them, uh, that we share the love of Jesus with them in our lives. And let's move outside these walls and connect to this lost world, to Jesus, who they desperately need. Now, I'm going to do something for you, and I'm going to give you a tool. And I'm going to give you an opportunity, and I, there's no judgment. I'm not going to sit there and look, okay, who's going to participate with this? But here's what I've done. And in a minute, I'm going to ask a few of, of those who are going to help pass out some envelopes if you want, and, and when we, we start passing the envelopes out, just raise your hand. Here's what I have in this envelope. There's a $10 bill. 
There's a $10 bill, and then there's also a business card for our church with information on it with the ABCs of salvation. Okay, it's, it's a plan of salvation on the back of the business. You kind of need like a microscope, but the words are all there. Here's what I'm going to have us do. And if you, Mr. Steve and Bob, you want to come down? All right, come on down, Bob. <clears throat> In a moment, th- we have the envelope here. I want us to use this opportunity to, to share with the community <clears throat> and just to do a simple act of giving and blessing them with this $10 bill. So I'm asking you to only take one for yourself. Okay, don't take it for your whole family. Uh, it's for who, who is here, okay? And if you are willing to use it, and listen, you don't have to be even face-to-face with anyone with this. If you go, if you're in the drive-thru, use that $10 to pay for the car behind you. Uh, you might see someone who's homeless or out on the streets. You might just give it to your neighbor and say, you know what? I want you to have 10 bucks, and here's information about my church. However you want to use it, that is up to you. Um, and if you're willing to do that, go ahead, gentlemen. The envelopes are there. If, we'll just walk through the room, and if you want to take an envelope, raise your hand. And here's the great thing. I would love for you to let me know what happened. How, what you, send me an email, give me a call, something. But if, if there is a great story, even, a, even just not even a great story, any story, of how you use this, go ahead and, and let me know. Call the church office, something so that we know. But it seems a little cheesy, but this is simply an icebreaker. This is an opportunity for us to go out into Waldorf, wherever we are, and just simply, if you want one, raise your hand. We've got, these guys are still floating around. Um, an opportunity for you to to just simply hand an envelope to someone and, you, and walk away. But here's the thing, God's going to use that. And I want us to continue to be a church that is looking for opportunities to, to love others. And it could be a simple act of a $10 bill. It could be a simple act of, of having a conversation about Jesus uh, as their Lord and Savior. And so we have a light in our life that needs to shine and that light is the light of the world, and that's Jesus. Uh, in our faith, we have an opportunity to share this love of Jesus with others. This world that we live in is in desperate need of the light in their life, and people need Jesus. And let's be that light in this dark world. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to continue to be a light in our community. Father, I pray for opportunities to serve others in your name, to love others in your name, uh, to just be your hands and your feet, uh, to serve and for your message to be clear. Father, I know that our lives aren't perfect, but you have used us anyway. And you are so much greater than anything in our life uh, that would hinder your message of love to others. And I pray that we just continue to be obedient, that we continue to think of others and those who are desperately in need and lost, uh, that we have an opportunity to serve as a church, serve as our own faith in our own life, to be a light to those in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.